Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Nancy Zare, a psychologist and retired professor with a master's and doctorate from Boston College who has dedicated her life to helping people communicate more effectively. Of course, she's a highly effective communicator herself, both in the written word as an Amazon best-selling author and in speaking as a past president of the New England chapter of the National Speakers Association. Now, Nancy originated the Alikeability System, which is a system that teaches business owners and service-based professionals how to open sales conversations, follow up, and get more business. In short, like the title of her new book, it teaches you compelling selling. I already bought her book myself. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it now. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. I'm delighted to be here and to be a guest. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Nancy, I have to ask you right up front. You have a doctorate, a PhD in psychology, and I understand you've also been a tenured professor at two colleges. So before you talk about the system you created, I just have to ask, how did you go from teaching at college into sales? What a great question, because I grew up as a girl not wanting to sell. I thought of salespeople as that used car salesperson who was manipulative and sleazy. So I wanted nothing to do with sales. And I was very much a a helping individual. In fact, uh, I was probably born a psychologist. I had my parents had a very stormy marital situation. And believe it or not, I actually was able to help them learn how to communicate better even as a child. So when I went off to college and I got my degree in psychology and so forth, I took a position as a salesperson for employee assistance programs. Now, these are interventions in the workplace for people with mental health and addictions issues. And of course, I believed in helping people that way. But here I was selling and I knew nothing about selling. So I went back to school not to get a degree. I went to the library to learn about sales. And eventually that's how I, that's how the marriage of psychology and selling came together. So did you like have a sales job at some point or were you just helping people who saw the, the kind of the recognition that there is a combination between psychology and sales because there's buying impulses and habits? How, how did that come about? So I actually was in sales, B2B sales, in which I sold employee assistance programs in the workplace. I sold and implemented them and then consulted with a management around the program. So that's how I started doing B2B sales. And shortly after, I was approached by someone to do health products because of the, this was B2C sales, because I am a health nut and I believe in natural ways to maintain good health and build the immune system. And so again, that was how I got into sales. But I will tell you, Steve, candidly, that I did not know how to sell. And again, I, in my desire to succeed is where I wanted to learn more. And I began to study with some of the great masters through their materials, their books and their audio programs and so forth. People like Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and Tom Hopkins, and I'm sure there are many, many others. The one that particularly caught my attention was a book by Tony Alessandro called The Platinum Rule. I'm sure you're familiar with the Golden Rule, right? Absolutely. I think everybody's heard of the Golden Rule. Right. Treat others the way I want to be treated. It's a very humane way to approach individuals. 
Well, the platinum rule takes it one step further. Treat others the way they want to be treated. And that slight shift totally aligned with my values and that it had formed the basis of my selling. And when I put it into practice, I was able to quadruple sales in 90 days. Wow, that, that's definitely impressive. And I think it's really important to know that background too, which is why I asked, because I know some people will say, well, I can write a book about how to sell, but do you know how to sell? And obviously you know how to sell and you know what works to bring it into a higher level of selling salesmanship. And salesmanship is a skill, right? Anything you do, it takes development. And like you said, you started not knowing how to sell well, but you've grown that skill to the point where now you can actually effectively sell and show others how to do the same thing. So I've been reading your book, Compelling Selling, and in it, you introduced your likability system. And in the system, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but I know it classifies buyers into four basic categories. So I'd like to hear about, I know you mentioned the platinum rule, but how did that whole system come about to, and why four categories of buyers? So I'm sure that the listeners are familiar with DISC or Myers-Briggs, or there happen to be 200 different personality systems, colors, objects, animals, dogs, fish, all sorts of them. And I particularly use that, that schema. In fact, I was certified and trained in that particular schema as a salesperson. But again, like I said, what I appreciated about the platinum rule is it's trying to not only identify my own style, and I guess people get very enthralled and entranced with what am I and what's my style, but it's really more about the buyer, your prospect. What is it that there is their style? How do they communicate? How do they prefer that they be approached? And by shifting myself to match their style and to speak the language of the buyer instead of my own way of presenting, that was that shift is what made all the difference in the world, Steve, in terms of my ability to succeed and get results. Gotcha. So how do you recognize what kind of buyer you're talking to? If you're face-to-face, I think it might be a little bit easier in some ways, but let's say you're talking across Zoom or you are in a face-to-face meeting. What do you look for that you can say, okay, this is somebody I need to speak to in a certain way. And what is that way? So if I may, I'm going to back up and just identify the four styles and that will make, and then we can talk about how to identify them. So I call the four styles two, four, six, and eight. And these numbers represent contacts, amount of time it takes for somebody to be able to say yes. So obviously the number two buyer is very quick. They need only one or two contacts before they can say yes. The number four takes about three to four contacts. The number six, five to seven. And the number eight takes eight to 12 to infinity because they take a deep nosedive and have to learn everything they can. All right. So now we've got an idea that we've got from slow to fast buyers. Now, how do you recognize them? Well, there are six ways I teach my clients to recognize within a minute. And by the way, it doesn't just depend on appearance, although appearance is one of those. So the way somebody dresses and their accessories and so forth is one way. Their vocal qualities is a second. The third is their behaviors and mannerisms. Number four is correspondence. And again, this is the the words that they actually use when they write or speak. Uh, Fifth is their presence on social media or lack thereof. And number six would be decor, how they decorate a home or an office space. And again, with Zoom, we're actually seeing how people decorate their home and office space, right? True. 
I find that really interesting looking at what's in the background. Like my background is kind of ugly here. I just have like this tack board behind me with some things tacked on it. And I've you got my closet door behind me. I don't have a real fancy background as you were looking at me today in our Zoom interview. And I see that in your case, you're sharing with me. And of course, the listeners are not hearing this, but I'm seeing with you a likability graphic and compelling selling book title. And so you have a very fancy virtual background that is designed directly to promote what you are doing and what your focus is on today. And of course, now you turn off, I can see your background. Okay, awesome. And so I'm looking at Nancy's office right now and she's sharing with me by video what's in the background, the bookshelves, and they can see a compelling selling setup uh, by a window in the back. And I can see some objects on the, on the bookshelves. It's not cluttered. It's, it's a lot of nice items with space between them. So you can kind of look at the kind of the orderly fashion I'm seeing there. I'm not sure, am I picking up kind of like what I'm describing here well? Yeah, you did a pretty good job. But then what he failed to see, or maybe I moved my camera fairly swiftly so he didn't get to see, was uh, the clutter on the actual desk. (laughs) (laughs) I did see a little bit of that, but I wasn't going to call that out, Nancy. (laughs) He was kind. See, now the, the reason why Steve didn't mention it is because his own style is one of being highly organized. Hence, when he sees disorganization, it's I'm going to use the word offensive. It's something that he'd rather not see. Hence, he kind of glossed over that. But the truth is, that is a telltale characteristic of my style, just as orderliness is a telltale characteristic of his style. And again, that's part of what I help my clients understand when they are meeting somebody for the first time. Oh, that's a lot of fun. So let's dive a little bit deeper into those four types of buyers. I know that's that's a really a core part of recognizing how to speak to somebody. And I'm trying to remember, did you actually mention that you have names for these two, four, six, eight type of buyers? I used to give, I used to have an acronym, Steve, and I was very punny and clever. I started by looking through the lens of the prospect and I used L-E-N-S as the acronym. And then I, I changed it to shoe. And so we're going to walk in the shoes of our prospect. But the truth is, I think that the best name is 2468. And that's because as a person who's concerned about getting hired and making sales, you want to know, who am I speaking with? Do I have to, if this is the number two buyer today, right now, this moment, I need to ask for the sale because they're only a one or two person. Hence, if I don't ask, they're going off somewhere else. I've lost my opportunity. And if I'm talking to that number six, and that number six buyer is going to take five to seven or more contacts, then I know that this person needs a different approach than that number two. Because if I ask the number six immediately for the sale, they're offended, they're upset, they feel like I've been pushy and aggressive. So this is why I think it's so important to just strip it down. I don't want to be cute anymore. I want to help my clients really understand and get to the core of what they need to do to be successful as salespeople. Great. So how do you assess somebody quickly then? I mean, you mentioned about like the the six different things you review. Any shortcuts for like really grabbing? Is it really just, is it really just the appearance, talking style? Is that really enough in one minute to, to really assess somebody, do you think? It truly is, Steve. And that's what's so much fun is that, especially like nowadays, because of social distancing, most of us are not meeting in person. Hence, we're meeting via Zoom or and maybe prior to the actual connection, like seeing each other on the screen. You can go to somebody's profile on LinkedIn. You can look at them on Facebook, maybe see if they're on Twitter or Instagram and get an understanding of who it is I might be speaking with 
prior to the conversation. I'll give you an example because it happened this morning, earlier before our broadcast. I was meeting with a new contact. She had been referred to me by, again, a person I knew fairly briefly, but we had made a nice connection. And this was someone she thought might be an opportunity for me, again, to do a podcast because she does a podcast on sales to women. She calls it Mama Sales. So I looked her up and immediately I could tell from her picture and from the banner on her LinkedIn profile, from her words, that this was a person who was a 4-2 combination, meaning her primary style is that of taking three or four touch points to uh, develop a relationship and feel connected. But number two, being fast and decisive and ready to go and high energy. And sure enough, that's exactly who I met this morning. And knowing that made it so much easier for us to engage in a conversation and it actually speeded up her number four style. Hence, I'm booked for the podcast. Awesome. Now, I'm going to push back because I have to say this because I know that you have so much material in your book that really gets into the nitty gritty. And we obviously in a podcast interview can't spend all the time just reading your book, right? So I want to encourage the listeners to get the book, Compelling Selling, and we're going to give you a link at the end. But for our listeners, could you maybe share some examples of specific things you look for in one of the styles, perhaps, just so that you can kind of get a feel for what you're looking for and say, okay, I can recognize that is a number two or that is a number four, just so we can get a taste of that. So let me share with you why it was I diagnosed this person as an as a four-two combination. And again, I had not met her previously. So this was all just looking at and immediately getting, I'm going to use the word hit, getting a and hit when I saw her photo on LinkedIn. She had this big, warm smile, and that's very characteristic of the four. They look directly in the camera. They want to engage with you. They want to connect because the number four, a buyer, is all about connection, relationships. That's their value. Their value is they're buying a friendship. And I'm sure that your listeners know the kind of person I mean. They actually would spend a little bit more money to buy something from a friend than a getting a bargain from someone they don't know. So they're, they're very much focused on the relationship and cultivating friendship. And, and if you tell me, because you and I are connected, Steve, if you recommend something, I don't have to do research. I immediately feel trusting. That's very characteristic of the number four buyer. And off they go and they follow your recommendation. So that big, warm smile is an indicator that she wants to connect with people in a genuine way. At the same time, I saw the bright colors. I saw the banner. I saw that she is like saying, look at me, people. I want attention. I'm a go-getter. I am here to wow you. And that's a number two. So the number two is the pizzazz, the sizzle, the excitement, the drive, the success. Different, different style connecting authentically, being very warm and engaging versus drive and go and let's get it done. See what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that's really powerful for personal interaction because you can pick up that really quickly. And you can even do that when you're looking at somebody's profile, like you mentioned, you look in a LinkedIn profile before you even have the conversation, you can get a feel for who you're talking to. I am curious though, because my background in solopreneurship is as a writer and of course, as a writer, I am reaching a large audience. And you, in copywriting, we learn to write to a specific individual. You don't write to a group of people. You write to one person. And that one person might be a two, four, six, or eight. But of course, we're going to have a variety of people 
reading our sales letter or reading our email or whatever the content we're producing might be, maybe it's an article or a blog post. Is there a way to incorporate these principles that would kind of attract across the spectrum without repelling those who are maybe it's the opposite? How do you make that fit in a writing type of environment? So what's interesting is I know I sent you an introduction for me. And that introduction was carefully crafted to touch all four personality styles. And you told me prior to introducing me, and and it was perfectly fine with me, that you were editing it for your own, in your own words, your own style. And that was fine. But as you edited it, you edited out maybe some of the appeal to that all four styles. And and again, I'm I'm not faulting you. I'm not unhappy with what you did. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, It was a great introduction, but this is how you incorporate all four styles. You use words or you use examples that will appeal to each of those four styles. And especially when you're introduced as a speaker, clearly you don't know who's in your audience. You can only assume that the audience is two, four, six, and eight, that there's probably, and by the way, I should caveat here, we each contain all four styles. We are a combination of all four, just in a different order and a different amount. So you can absolutely bet a cookie that your audience is composed of all these four styles. Hence, as a writer, as a speaker, you absolutely want to touch all four styles. Now you may, again, your avatar, your ideal client or customer may be predominantly one or two of those four styles. Hence, the majority of what you say or write will be geared towards them. Make sense? Absolutely. And I'm going to just for fun, I'm going to share the part of the intro that I did not include, because I think that'll be really interesting for those who are listening. Say, okay, what did Steve leave out anyways? Because the other questions in your head, right? So here's what I actually left out. And I can see thinking back on the four buying styles, the two that I really left out. Here it is. Accredited in sales training and accelerated learning. Nancy turns education into edutainment. Her secret passion is to go racing on the Autobahn. Be ready to laugh, think, share, and be wowed as she drives home the idea of how buyers buy. And you'll probably recognize in my intro that I gave earlier, I tend to focus on the concrete and not so much the feeling. And so there's a big difference there. And it probably speaks a lot to who I am as a person and a buyer and a seller. And Nancy has brought home a wonderful point about how I left that out. And how by being more inclusive, I might attract more people at the beginning of the conversation. So maybe, Nancy, you could talk a little bit more about what I just read from your intro that I did not include. I think I know I just talked a little bit about it, but but share your thoughts on that. Steve, you're right on the money because you're right. You left out the part that was the, the, the pizzazz, the sizzle, the fluff, okay? But there are people for whom that is their major style. Hence, although it's not your value, it is valuable. And that's what I teach my clients is that these four styles, each of them have a core of values and all values are valuable. I use an analogy of fruits and vegetables. Whatever your favorite fruits and vegetables are may not be mine, but we know that they have value to the body because they have nutrients, phytochemicals, minerals, whatever that we need. So these four styles are based on core values. And the value of drive and success and getting to the top and edutainment and driving on the Audubon, that is a value for people. It's not yours and that's fine, but it is a value. Yeah, that's so fascinating because I I deliberately left that out, right? 
And now looking back, I'm like, okay, I'm learning something here as I'm having this conversation with you about how if I incorporate that type of an introduction, that might grasp a listener's ears more for some of the audience who might not listen otherwise to this podcast, right? And so if you're a podcast host, take note of that. If you are writing to an audience, take note of that. If you are in sales, and if you're a solopreneur, you're definitely in sales, take note of that which is uh, really powerful. And I'm, I'm loving this interaction that's teaching me something as we're going along here, even though I've already been reading your book and I haven't finished it yet, but I've already been reading it. I just started it yesterday. But I, I am really enjoying any time that I can learn something new that I can directly apply to my business. And here's the takeaway for me as we're kind of assessing this is that the four buying styles can and should be incorporated in your general communication. And that was kind of my question, but we're, we're proving it right here. So this is awesome. Yeah. And again, what I preach, and I'm sure you do too, Steve, is that at some point we start off as entrepreneurs thinking we're going to serve everybody. Now, everybody who is doing X, Y, Z, we can help them. And then slowly but surely we learn that there is a particular avatar, particular ideal person that we want to serve. And we begin and we know, like you said, as a writer, that we want to actually craft our message towards that ideal person. Well, that ideal person isn't all four styles, although they are a combination. They have a dominant style or two in which we need to craft our message in that with those words. And compelling selling actually gives you, as you noted, there are charts in there that actually give you the exact words to use with each of the four styles. Hence, if you are doing any kind of marketing, any kind of writing, and you want to know, how am I going to connect with different people? I recommend the book just for purposes of getting those graphs, those charts. Yeah, I've already taken note of those. I'm going to be using those because those are kind of like a cheat sheet on how to make sure you're using the right language to approach each buyer. And if, at the end of this conversation, I'm going to definitely ask Nancy to give you the link so you can get the book. I, I do recommend it. It is not a long, drawn-out read. It's uh, a, a very short read because it's focused and highly relevant. Every word you read in there is going to help you move quickly through it. You'll probably finish the book. I know Nancy says an hour. I'm going to say probably two because I've read about half the book and I've read it for about an hour. So I may be a slow reader, maybe because I take notes and I, I kind of focus as I go through it. But in two hours, if that can help you make a dramatic increase in your ability to be a strong salesperson, wouldn't that be worth two hours of your investment? I think it would be. So I do recommend compelling selling because I have already found value in the book as well as this conversation, which obviously if I finished the book before the conversation, maybe I would have made the full pop, but that's awesome that I did because that means that you've learned on the fly, like I have listening to this conversation, some of the power behind Nancy's likability system. And I encourage you to take a look at it. Now you, you work with clients directly on implementing this too, I think, right? I do. And I was going to say, Steve, that the biggest mistake that most salespeople make, 95% of people make, is we are stuck in our way of communicating. And a very typical message is, but everybody thinks like that, but everybody does it like that. And the truth is, no, there really are four different ways. And these are biologically programmed within us, in case you're wondering. These are, yes, there's an environmental factor, but biologically, we are programmed in one of these four styles. Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, is the one who first theorized this and he called them temperaments and they both biologically associated, correlated with 
with illness and disease, as well as there's a psychological component. So holistically, this is true of us. Now, there's one style that tends to be dominant in our work setting and one style that's dominant in our personal or social setting. And so we often are a combination of two of these four styles. And then there is definitely one of the four that is very weak and underdeveloped and not one that we go to at all. This is a person that you don't want to work with as a a client. And I absolutely recommend that you find another person who does what you do, who excels with that particular style. And then you guys can be referring to each other all the time because you both do similar things, but with different styles of buyers. Yeah, that's that's really good point that out too, because I, I know for me personally, I don't want to coach every single client. I am a coach, but honestly, when I go through, I only coach people by invitation only. And it starts with, in my case, it starts with having a single session together, what I call a business breakthrough session. And I might invite maybe half the people that do that session to even coach with me on a long-term basis. Because if I don't feel like it's a good fit or it's, you know, I'm going to provide the kind of value and have the kind of relationship with them that's a strong fit, I don't even want to make the invitation. And I think that's a great idea that if you find a complementary professional in your field that you can work together and say, hey, look, I understand the principles of we have a different approach. We can both help our clients, but we, you know, said a competition is co-opetition. You're helping each other out where it makes sense. That can be very powerful. And I don't have a specific like roster of coaches I refer to. I do know some coaches who are very, very good. And I use coaches myself, but if I knew somebody that needed help and I couldn't help them, I would love to be able to refer them to somebody else. And I think that's the case with any professional. They want to be a help. That's why we are in business. We want to help people normally. I'm sure we want to make money and all that good stuff, but we want to be a help to people. And if you have a desire to serve, that's, that's going to play well to have somebody that is lined up that you can prefer, preferably refer to when you don't have a good fit for a client. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that, Nancy? When you, when you have somebody that, do you have a particular style of client that you work with? Say, okay, the other one's not really a great fit. Do you have like a, a backup person or how do you handle that in your business? Yeah, there are really two of the four styles that I prefer as clients, although I have had clients in all, all four things. In fact, it's very interesting because of the fact that clearly I understand the four styles. I can shift myself to speak the language of those four styles so people can miss understand who I am because they because I'm I'm gifted that way. However, my preference is to work with the person who is who actually hates to sell and will articulate the fact that this is not what they want to be doing and the person who feels funny about being pushy and aggressive or salesy and they would prefer, you know, again, people who are subject matter experts, they know what they're doing, they love what they're doing. And nobody taught them how to market or sell. And all of a sudden they find I'm not in the business of my occupation. I'm in the business of marketing my occupation. And that is, they feel like a fish out of water. So those are the people I like to work with. That's awesome. And if somebody wanted to work with you, Nancy, what would that process look like of of connecting with you and starting that kind of a conversation? How would they reach out to you? Well, we are going to put a link in your a notes there notes, so yeah. people will be able to do that. And I'm offering actually a free assessment. What is your style? Because I'm sure you're curious. 
gee, four styles, which one am I? So after you take that assessment, I give you a brief description and I give you the offer to have what I call a business boost where we can talk to each other and determine again whether you'd like to go further and boost your business with some individual or group coaching. Awesome. So is the assessment like an online tool then that they can yes. complete? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So that so you don't have to feel like if you're one of those kind of people say, oh, I don't want to be sold. Well, Nancy's saying, just come to the assessment. You can do that online. It's not going to, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be in a high pressure sales situation or anything like that. Just go take the assessment, see where you're at. And exactly. You'll and get like that I link said, in the show notes. you'll get a brief description of one of those four styles, whichever is your dominant style, so that you at that point can determine whether, oh my gosh, this is true. And you're not only talking about my strengths, but I see here I have some areas where I need to improve and perhaps you'd like to take the next step. Nancy, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a a wonderful conversation. I've learned directly from you already today and I can't wait for our training next month. Oh, I'm excited to share with your community and I appreciate so much, Steve, the opportunity to speak together. I'm glad that it kind of provoked and tweaked something within you. So fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. If you liked the podcast, you'll love the all-new Solopreneur Success Connections community at solopreneurcoach.com. Here you'll get exclusive access to our private, members-only community of business builders, free business building resources, and live online monthly training designed to accelerate your business success. Join us now at solopreneurcoach.com.